September 3rd, 2019. Swap from Pedro's show.
Say you won't cheat, well you need it. You're tapping your feet, well you need it. It's over now, it's over now. You dress him with class, well you need it. You're holding your sass, well you need it. You think you're a gas, well you need it. It's over now, it's over now. It's over now, it's over now. You had your fun, so take a bow. You ought to know you lost the glow, the beat is slow, shadows grow, the lights are low, time to go, let's close the show down. You're taking off weight, well you needn't, you're looking just great, well you needn't, you're setting the bait, well you needn't, it's over now, it's over now. You need it's more of the same. Well, you needn't. You're coming off lame. Well, you needn't. It's over now. It's over now. You bend in my ear. Well, you needn't. You're calling me dear. Well, you needn't. You're acting sincere. Well, you needn't. It's over now. It's over now. It's over now. It's over now. Don't want a scene. Don't need a row. You had your day, your matinee, you had to stray You know they say you're gonna play, you gotta pay So find a way out You say that you'll try, well you needn't You say you won't lie, well you needn't You're starting to cry, well you needn't It's over now, it's over now It's over now, it's over now It's over now, it's over now It's over now Live from Pedro's show, back from tour. So I was gone 
month. I might be seeing Brother Matt Thursday. But I'm not actually totally man alone here in my Pedro pad. Through the miracle of Skype, those software engineers in Estonia, I got Alexa Hunter with me from another part of uh, Los Angeles. What, what part are you in, Alexa? I'm sort of West Adams, mid-city. Okay. Very central. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Near Dorsey High School. Sure. You know Dorsey High School. Well, you know, Pedro... That's my landmark. I went to Pedro High, and we were part of the Marine League, and Marine League included Dorsey. And uh, Uh I've seen a lot of prep games there with Raymond, basketball and stuff. So I have some familiarity with Dorsey. Uh, Okay. And you're sweaty. It's a little sweaty here. Uh, It's a little sweaty. It's not too bad. We started to show off with John Coltrane with Miles Davis doing Little Melanie and then um, Alexa Hunter, yourself. Well, you need. Now, I want to ask you, Alexa, your earliest musical memory um well oddly enough one of my earliest musical memories was um leslie gore in a movie called ski party very strange kind of low budget ripoff of some like it hot and leslie gore gets to do a couple of songs out of nowhere she's on this bus with the kids going to the ski trip and she breaks into Sunshine Lollipops, which to my seven-year-old brain was great a great pop song. And then later in the movie, James Brown makes an appearance as part of the Black Ski Patrol. I feel good. So that movie has all the elements. It has Leslie Gore pop, it's got James Brown funk, and it's got drag. Because, as I said, it's... It was here, SoCal? Um, Where did they shoot it? It, it, I forget where they shot it. They shot it on location somewhere. It was probably... Not Montana. Um, I'm not asking... Frankie Avalon is in the movie. This is 1960. Alexa, I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you where you were. Oh, no, I was not at all in California. Um... We were living outside of Boston at that point. I was born in New York City, but because of Dad's work, we went to Boston and we went to Minnesota for about seven years. So at that point, it was uh, outside of Boston. Okay. And uh, yeah. Did uh, your parents or anybody else in your family play instruments? No. They did not. I uh, I had an aunt who was called Crazy Aunt Lena, and somehow I inherited her piano. So from pretty much from toddlerhood on, there was a piano in my house. And, and was, no one did played. you have the experience so, people had with a nightmare piano teacher from hell kind of thing? <laughs> no, I actually was fond of my piano teacher. He was kind of a friend of my mother's, um, Chuck Turner. He was, uh, this was back in New York. So we moved back to New York in 65 and, um, I began some formal lessons with Chuck Turner, 
who was um, very involved with Samuel Barber and kind of the new classical music scene. Um, and he didn't come down too hard on me because he was a friend of my mom's. So I think he was not not too uh, strict about the fact that I didn't practice a lot. And um, that went on for about five years. I think I had piano lessons for about five or six years. And then got into guitar. How'd you get into guitar? Um, how did I get into guitar? Somehow I got a guitar. I was gifted a really nice Yamaha guitar. Um, again, some friend of the parents had a connection. And um, I guess when I started playing guitar, I was about 12 or 13. What about school? Did you do any of that shit, like the, the choir or the, the no, school band, marching not. band, or stuff like that? No. no, we didn't have a marching band, and I definitely was not in choir. Um, wasn't really interested in that as a group act, singing as a group activity. Um, it was sort of a private thing, just writing songs and playing them for friends. And, well, I'm just curious you know. about the school thing, because uh, a lot of schools had to get rid of their music departments. Yeah, my school had great arts programming, but I was more pulled into the drama department and the art department than the music at that point. Yeah, school. there's a lot of people who've been on the show that have theater connections, believe it or not. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of people on the show that's had good piano teacher experience, too. I just <laughs> asked because some people did not... <laughs> So I just yes. wonder yes. about this. It seems, There's I don't know about this pieces. thing about piano versus the other kind of instrument, but you gravitated from the piano. For one thing, the guitar is a lot more portable. Right. Although nowadays, we got these electric things. Mm -hmm. Casio, they're just as portable. But in the old days, I know you had to have one in your pad and shit. Right. Uh, right. Well, what about the thing, like playing after school in the bedroom or the garage or the basement, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I I would much well, how, rather... Well, what? how did that happen for you? Well, anything to avoid doing homework. So, um, you know, playing the guitar was much more attractive than doing homework. So that was my alternative universe, I guess, to well, academic... Yeah, uh, like-minded... Uh, colleagues at school, students, fellow students. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't play music with other students. You know, there was uh, a couple of odd occasions at parties where some kids I knew, some boys, had equipment. You know, they had amps and electric guitars, and I was... Yeah, that's what I was asking you about, the bedroom, uh, garage, yeah. uh, cellar bands. Yeah, no, there were no no bands uh, were calling out to me. No, but you there did play with some guys, right? Who had a just crib. on a couple of occasions, and it was it was pretty exciting, but it was not an ongoing thing at all. Okay, then uh, you left school. Did you go to college? I did. I did go to college, and and, um, and you're not taking yeah. any classes. You're not taking any classes in music. Did not take any classes in music. No. Nope. Okay, that's nope, okay. Nope. I'm just curious. Yep. you got to tell me, when I get my mind-reading powers 
hundred percent. I won't have to ask any of these kind of questions. I'm sorry. But I, Look, I, you know I what I want? Alexa, I want to play uh, hit or miss, disturbed uh, furniture because you ended up joining a band in New York I City. Do. So we'll get to that after we play this. Okay. Okay. Ja 
Ако те погледнам сега в очи, толку ги да засагам, колко ви да закалам. А тебе никой не те последува. Dead stare strikes, and the wind chimes strikes, 
and your dead stare strikes. You're a mystery, like a horse. You're a mystery, like a horse. It's the poor. It's the poor. Like a man. Production. Sketch artist, sketch artist, no enchantment strike, and dead stare strikes, and the wind chimes strikes, and your dead stare, your dead stare, your dead stare, it's like rolling in the sunlight, with the wind chimes. Tourists are the way station civilization. Fear the viral stagnation. Station civilization, fear the viral stagnation.
Station civilization Fear the virus stagnation Civilization Fear the virus Stagnation Blow holes in the winter ozone Fly to the next tropical zone
Bought from Pedro Show. That was stirred furniture. Hit or miss. Andre Vita. Uh, Andre Vita after that. I met him in Berlin this last Flipper Tour. Theme song. Uh, Bernays Propaganda out of Macedonia with Retke Bilkey. Kim Gordon, brand new sketch artist. MB Jones, Taurus. Guy by Voices. Bob Pollard's got another album. I think it's 105. Incredible. He's going to play here, uh, I think, downtown L.A. Uh, Terragram Ballroom? Mm -hmm. Best sound. He's going to do 100 songs. (laughs) Anyway, Heavy Like the World. Guy by Voices. Then brand new from Kimball Brandenburg. Nolendorf Neptune. That's a new proj, Fred asked. And finally, from Tokyo, R04 with Mode Selector, brand new. Uh, so, I, first piece of music of that block there, people, was Disturbed Furniture. And I know this is a band that Alexa finally got in after, I guess, just doing piano and guitar, a woman alone, except some rare instances with boys that had equipment. <laughs> so how did this happen? Please. How did it happen? Well, I uh, I ended up um, dropping out of school and moving back to New York. And um, where did was, you where did you go to school, Alexa? Well, I went. I started at Princeton. I know. New Jersey. No, Princeton's I'm, one of the only. I, I gotta tell you, Princeton's one of the only uh, frat parties I I play. It was fire hose. And, Whoa, uh, yeah, and they were Princeton frat guys who had us play their frat house, and they How weren't funny. like the animal house kind of guys. Right, right. <laughs> so exactly. that's that's my 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 Princeton story. I only played on the campus once, and it was my only frat party I played. Well, it was it was not my scene, but uh, you know, I tried it on for size. Did, did, and uh, it, ben Franklin started that school, right? Um, I don't know. Did Ben Franklin start it? It's very possible. I think maybe. It's it's pretty old. Here's another pretty... thing I remember around there. They, uh, when you make left hand turns, it's a jug handle thing. You actually, get on the. They have a unique way of making a port in the interviews. Whoa! You making some? Uh, are you rubbing up on the microphone? Wow! Just lost her. Just a second, people. Okay. Pick up where we left off. Where uh, we left off. You're going to tell us about this. You were going to school at Princeton, then you left? Yeah. I left. I, I didn't feel that it was my cup of tea. Um, you know, I got some great instruction there in some of my academics. You know, I was interested in literature and philosophy and political theory, so that was all good, but... Artistically, it was uh, not working. I was being drawn back to New York. Oh, and I should also mention, I went to London to study abroad because I thought London would be more exciting than Princeton, and it was. And um, I was very fortunate. I made a friend who is still a friend, Anne Magnuson, and um, we found our way to... um, Bristol one weekend and saw the damned 
And that was kind of a, a game changer for me, seeing that performance and other stuff. Seeing Lindsay Kemp, who was a performer who worked with Bowie a lot, who was saying, mime is not really the right word for what Lindsay Kemp did, but he did a lot of stuff with movement and theater. And um, so London was bustling and exciting. Um, and then I got kicked out of London and I went back to New York. And that was uh, the time when, you know, it was the late 70s and it was a great, great time for independent music and the downtown seeing the do-it-yourself scene of music and art and performance and that's where I landed and um, got into singing backup with bands for a couple of years before I launched my own band which was Disturbed Furniture is Disturbed Furniture present tense yeah now this name of the band does it have anything to do with the famous quote like Charles Mingus no, what famous quote by Charles Mingus? Someone asked him about talking about music. It was something about dan like dancing about architecture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like you no, couldn't, I mean, you couldn't uh the 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 language is insufficient. <laughs> no, if you didn't hear it, you didn't hear it. Uh he he also wrote a book called uh, Beneath the Underdog. Uh huh. And he does write about music, and some of it's uh, really good. It's like it's happening in the moment. So okay, um, who's this? This band wasn't a one woman thing. You put this together, right? Right, right. I met a guy at the Mud Club where I was hanging out, and I was working. So I was I was at the Mud Club a lot as well as this little club in the East Village, Club 57. Um, and at the Mud Club, I met this guy named Tony Zeebe, who was a bass player, an aspiring bass player. And we hit it off, and we liked kind of the same music. We loved The Clash and Gang of Four and uh, some of the other independent bands on our scene. So we came up with this idea of starting a band. And a lot of people were starting bands. I mean... It was in the culture of our scene. Um, and you didn't have to have a lot of musical training and you didn't have to have a whole game plan laid out. It was very kind of spontaneous and uh, organic. Yeah, something's rubbing on the mic. Oh. Yeah, watch out because it comes over like a big... Okay, maybe I need to ah. sit a little... Is that better? Yeah, yeah, I don't hear it now, but oh. it's the same sounds I was hearing before I lost you last time. So it makes me work. So it, independent bands like Gang of Four and The Clash, weren't they on like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Epic and Warner Brothers? Oh, yeah, no, they, no, no. They, they weren't the independent bands that I was aspiring yeah, to. Yeah, because I was like, thinking, were, what about the no-wave scene? Yeah, you know, do, the no-wave scene. Do you remember Jam, when uh, Brian Eno came? Bush Tucker's. Brian Eno came and made this compilation record called No New York, right? Right. Right. And so I think the bands on there was Bush Tetris, maybe Contortions, maybe yep. Mars. Yeah. Yep. So the, you're, were... you're talking about this. And, and I got to see some. Some came out and played in a Hong Kong cafe like DNA. 
Oh yes, with DNA. But it was, it, was, nice. it wasn't with Robin. It was with uh, Tim Wright from Perubu. Oh, yeah, he was playing bass. Same drummer, Ikwe oh. Mari, and then Ardo, of course. Ardo, yeah. And uh, incredible band, and you know, yeah. you guys had a scene much uh, deeper, richer than ours, I think. But uh, we st still, I, I get the records, you know, and I theoretical girls. I, I think Glenn. Right, Brown, yeah. theoretical girls. Yeah, the, the, the late great uh, Glenn Branca. I was just doing a maybe a couple months ago interview with uh, Reg with her new record. Uh huh. And I heard Glenn coughing, and the next day he was gone. I should have said Whoa. something. Oh. Well, you know, I was doing the interview with her, and I didn't. Anyway. Uh, oh. So this sorry. is a scene that the disturbed furniture comes out of. Yes, it's it was all overlapping. You know, definitely. Tell me about the, the first gig. Alexa. Oh, the first gig uh, was at Club 57, which was a church basement in the East Village, and it was sort of our living room, you know, for people in the neighborhood, and every night was a different theme night or a movie night, Monster Movie Club, or Putt Putt Reggae, or um, I Ran, I Rock, I Roll, Casino Royale. We, we were always coming up with ridiculous new theme parties and so I had an opportunity to put some music up on a da-da night you know it was kind of surrealist da-da night and I got up with a guitarist named Bobby I don't even remember his last name and this bass player that I'd met at the mud club Tony Zeby and we played three songs and that was the first kind of unofficial gig um, how'd, you and get then, ready, how'd you get ready for this gig, uh, the three songs? Well, we probably hung out in my apartment and figured out the changes and the rhythm. Uh, no, there was no drummer. And there, there was, was no, no like, you didn't have a back catalog. You was writing songs on your own. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just writing songs on my own. And then um, Tony would figure out the bass part. I had a guitar. At that point, I actually had an electric guitar. Okay. Um, so it was two guitars, a bass with no drummer. I, I did not play guitar, but I, I showed them the song. Oh, I understand. Okay. Yeah, I was not confident enough to sing and play at the same time. That's that's always been a challenge. Well, how how did the gig go? Was it was scary? I guess, what well, you know, I was already performing. I was already singing backup for other people. So I had performed. I had done a lot of theater. I had been in some professional theater productions. Um, I was singing with this group of women that were, um, it, it was kind of fashion performance. Animal X was the designer, and we would come out in these wild dresses made out of rubber and fur and sing to backup tapes. So I'd already broken the ice with performing. Okay. Um, yeah, so I wasn't that nervous about the performing, but I was I was probably nervous about the songs. <laughs> I just asked because I, I I still get scared at gigs. You know, we're at the end of the first hour, first hour of the September third, two thousand nineteen edition of Walk Pedro Show. Hold tight, hour two. September third, two thousand nineteen. That's the second hour of the Walk for Pedro Show. 
Turning to repeating 
Pedro Show started the second hour off with In the Front, Stirred Furniture. Brand new from Tijuana Knife Fight, Not Even, Red Mass out of Montreal, Ecstasy of the Fire Snake. Maya, Rainy Monday, uh, Dardo, No Self, Spawa Mercury from Pharaoh and the Underground, and finally, Ill in Paris, Disturbed Furniture. What were the names of those first three songs you did at that first disturbed furniture gig well the only one that i remember because it's still in the repertoire is hit or a miss oh okay i and remember the other two but hit or a miss was one of the first songs that we did that last hour okay right 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 we finally <laughs> recorded it oh properly. you mean it was never recorded all this time um, it just didn't seem like uh, one of the best songs. And, you know, we didn't do a lot of recording when we were together in the 80s. We probably only recorded about, I don't know, eight songs. Oh, wow. Ten songs. Um, um, t- t- yeah. What about the band name? Did you come up with it? I came up with it. We were rehearsing in a basement, a dank basement, and there were these ugly white modular furniture pieces and it just came up it just popped into my head and it stuck and everybody laughed and were were they plastic they were not plastic that might have been an improvement they were just some sort of dirty white fabric and you could move them around and make them into couches or just oh okay i understand now yeah very very 70s yeah Anyway, they, they served as big inspiration. Uh, so you guys yeah. start what you you started playing around, right? Yeah, um, it was it was. Um, Sounds like it was more a live band than a recording band. If you only recorded eight. It was eight more tunes. of a live band. Um, I quickly um, joined forces with two guys from a, another band that was falling apart called the Nothing. Um, so I. I got a drummer and a guitarist out of that band, and they were terrific. Mick Oakleaf, who is still, who is back in the band, and um, fabulous. And Phil Schoenfeld, the guitarist, who um, is now living in Prague, has been in Prague for like 25 years, and he has 16 CDs out. He's had a a great career, um, really good songwriter. And so those guys joined the band, and then we had a rhythm guitarist join us named Stephanie Hamian. So I had another woman in the band, which was important to me. And um, and then we started playing out almost immediately. You know, as soon as we had eight songs, boom. And the first club where we actually got paid was called Trudy Heller's, and it was just a little cabaret room in the West Village, and um, and it, it just kept 
snowballing. We kept getting better gigs and bigger gigs, and then we became a great opening act for some bigger, some big bands like Psychedelic Furs and the Go-Go's and the Waitresses and uh, the Stranglers. Um, so we had a lot of good exposure, but it was short-lived because I, I lost... I lost patience by about 1980, the beginning of 83, I think, was the end. So it was very short-lived, but vibrant. Oh, did you got, what about outside of Manhattan? Yeah, we played Boston a couple of times. We played New Jersey. We played Connecticut. Uh, that was about the scope of our touring. So, you know. They were short little things. Short little things, yeah. yeah there was no, no. No management behind us. We, when we finally did get a manager, it actually was detrimental to the band. Um, created more conflict than anything else. You mean you're saying management was the wrong decision? Wrong decision. Wrong. Wrong person at the wrong time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I want to play my dog Roman. Oh. He's almost human Sometimes he looks like he's about to speak What he would say I cannot know for certain Since his words are really only grumbles and barks My dog Roman He's almost human His many expressions I seem to recognize opens wide his big brown eyes and tilts his head as if to say rub my belly may I sleep on the bed my dog Roman he's almost human so what if he walks on all fours and has a taste sometimes he looks like a big furry child who's curled up for a night of dreams and being wild. Take it away, Roman.
Epilogue When Kent State University closed after the shootings, all the students got incompletes for their grades that quarter. This meant that the men who had student draft deferments, called a 2S, did not meet the required number of credits to keep this deferment. We all became 1A, draftable, and unless we had a medical or family hardship deferment, we could be dragged into the Vietnam conflict at a moment's notice.
seconds. On one side, youth, hope, promise. On the other, defenders of all things corrupt, degrading, and oppressive. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? We didn't hate you. We hated what you represented. But you hated us for who we were. You accepted your... Your... This is the best I can do. Your... Guess this is my place in the scheme of things. Well, we didn't. You believed that if you played along, you would be rewarded. We knew that wasn't true. We must have been one hell of a threat. Why else would you have shot at us? This is my place in the scheme of things. Well, we didn't. You believe that if you played along, you would be rewarded. We knew that wasn't true. We must have been one.
to dust. The insects shall rule the world. Living up my spirit and eating out my guts. shall rule the world someday the maggots and worms crawling out of your skull within your mind between your eyes Inside of your mind The insects shall rule the world someday Feeding off my skull And living off my guts
ashes to ashes and dust to dust. The insects shall rule the world. Waffle Pedro Show, yeah, my dog Roman, Alexa Hunter, did Patrick Irish with Shiwa, uh, Galactasy with I Erase after that, uh, Chris Butler at Ohio, Fortunate Son, Locker Combos, Midwestern Medicine, but they're actually from Portland, Maine, and finally Carnage Asada with Insects Shall Rule the World, and uh I don't know. Did you ever get to play Cafe Nella? Cafe what? Yeah, here in town. I guess it meant uh, Northeast Los Angeles. It was like an acronym. I at first thought it was a lady's name, but it's going to be closed in the next couple of weeks. And oh. I don't know, maybe six years. A lot of gigs there. Yeah, Cypress Park. Oh, anyway, Dave know. Travis, uh, one of the key guys in Carnage Asada, he ran this club and... Uh, labor love that will be truly missed i guess oh, it's turning into a record store that does gigs maybe or something i don't know we never know okay, but uh, so my, my dog my, roman <laughs> true story right yes true story true you, story. Know, you know this is your first thing uh doing songs and stuff so i, I wonder about the process uh-huh the process of writing, you mean? Yeah, writing because music? Right, you, you don't have a tradition of it uh, as a kid. Right, 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 right. You well, as a teenager, you know, I guess I started writing songs when I was 13. Um, and, you know, my, my inspirations were Leonard Cohen and Laura Nero and Joni Mitchell, more like the folk rock people. Yeah. Than, than the bands, you know. Uh, I wasn't a band person yet. Um, so in the beginning, it was it was the singer-songwriter model. Um, and sometimes the words came first, sometimes it was the melody, and it's, it's still the same way. Sometimes, you know, I probably write words more than I write music. I, I'm more of into the writing the words than the writing of the music. So that 
generally precedes the music. Uh, in, in, you're saying 1983, everything fell apart. Yeah, 1983, everything fell apart. There was a clashing of egos. The sound was changing. We we had switched lead guitarists on three separate occasions. So Philip went off to start his own band. Uh, then someone named Giorgio Garbasi joined, and he was terrifically talented, but he was also a dope fiend. And um, yeah, that... The, the last straw was we were we were supposed to open for the clash. It was one of those crazy last minute things. They were using unsigned bands. They were at bonds for a week, this big space in Times Square area. And um, they warned us. They said, you're going to get a call. You're going to have to be there at the sound check at seven o'clock. Boom, ready to go on. And the band knew about this. They knew that it was in the offing, and then the call came, and we didn't have cell phones, so, you know, you had to be at home to get the call. Right. And we could not find our lead guitarist. And uh, we all came down to the club, we all, the drummer, the bass player, the rhythm guitarist, and me, and we decided not to go on without him because we didn't think we'd sound good enough. <laughs> now, and looking back on it, you think you should have went on? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That was, <laughs> that was not a good decision. You but, know, there's a certain arrogance and a certain naivete when you're when you're a youngin. Sure, sure. You got to learn by doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have yet to see, you know, falling off a skateboard magically. You know, you you got you got to pull yourself up and get back on. You got to get back um, on. So uh, we, we fired the guitarist, and um, the new guitarist, who is the person who's playing with us again now, is fabulous, Jorge Arevalo. He's not just an amazing musician, but he is also very involved in music archiving, and he's like the executive director of uh, the Cultural Equity Association, uh, Alan Lomax Foundation. Oh, maybe you know Don Fleming, then. I bet he does. Okay, yeah, because I think he's involved with that somehow. Look, look, we're at the end of the second hour, September 3rd, 2019 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Hang tight for hour three. September 3rd, 2019, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
There's no 
Well, for Pedro Show, we start off the third hour with uh, validation to an apocalyptic vibe. A tragic comedy, happy end. The wrong turn by destroyed but not defeated. Another umbrella with even tied third. The tide from Crane up in Idaho. The healers, Loner Rock, and finally disturbed furniture with Halo of Pain. Let's talk about the resurrection of disturbed yes. furniture. Yes. From the ashes. Yeah. We rise again. Was it your notion? Well, yes, it was. It was uh, very much catalyzed by a an art show in New York at the Museum of Modern Art that was uh, focused on the East Village art scene and music scene and performance scene. And I got wind of this around 2015 that it was happening and that they were scouting for material for this show. And um, a friend of mine who's a filmmaker, Barry Schills, who had shot rock videos of Disturbed Furniture back in 1980, um, he found a tape that had never, I, I didn't even have a copy of it, of a four song video that we did in a studio and was professionally edited and everything. And he presented it to the curators and they loved it. And they said, this is going to be in the show. And then the idea started coming to life in my head that, well, if there was ever a time to try a reunion gig, this would be it in conjunction with, the screening of the videos of the band and they, the curators also acquired um, an actual 45 that we had made in 1981. And that was an artifact that was up on the wall of the museum. And it just felt like this was the moment to do a reunion. So I reached out to the people that I could find that are still in New York and they all dug the idea. And we, you know, we jumped back into rehearsing and trying some recording and so every, um, everybody in the band now was in the band in the old days yes well no there's there's three of us that are original members the drummer Mick Oakleaf and the lead guitarist Jorge Arevalo yeah and then we we do pick up bass players we when we're in New York we've been using a guy named Shin Sakano who's fabulous and in LA we just did a couple of gigs and we used Hank Von Sickle who I don't know if you know him he's a bassist that's been around uh, did a bunch of records with John Mayall and has played with lots of great people and so we don't really have a permanent bass player Mike you know if you're not too busy <laughs> you know, I got a tour coming in two weeks. I know, no, I'm I'm joking because you're you're like you know the busiest. That? You're you know you're that? way too busy. You know that it's forty five gigs in forty five days. Shit, who are you playing with? Next? It's my missing man. This is uh, oh. Tom Watson, which it makes twenty years I've been playing with Tom. But the drummer man, uh, he, he had a, him and that's Raul Morales and Paloma. They had a daughter, Soph. So. He records with uh, local gigs, but he can't tour anymore. So I, I got this guy. I went to high school with his father. He's he's a couple of months short of 40 years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have never happened in the old days. 
No, is no. It, so it's too not too bad. What's this 20th century blues? Because this, 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 you didn't put disturbed furniture. You put Alexa no. Hunter. No, I put I put some other stuff on the playlist. Um, that's actually a Noel Coward song. So Noel Coward was a, a British songwriter, in, sort of 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, very um, gay, bon vivant. Like he would take songs like The Birds and the Bees and he would write dirty lyrics. But he, he wrote incredible songs. Mad Dogs and Englishmen is sure. his song. Mad about the boy, um, so it's it's a Noel Coward song I just loved, and um, I did some recording with this guy named Kevin Tony, who's a wonderful jazz player who had a band called the Blackbirds, I think, in the eighties, um, and that was just a, a little recording that I did of that song that I loved. Okay, let's listen.
Saludos, saludos, mini cat boy. Yo, you talking about veteran. Oye, ¿quién está hablando de que veteran? Como si fuera un young boy. Tú te crees un young boy con tus cincuenta y pico. Y que, di que, di que, di que los veteran. And you have 50 too. What happened with you? Huh? Tell me all, right. all this thing go. All this go. Huh? Tell me all this go.
Well, for Pedro Show, uh, last music for this edition. Alexa Hunter doing 20th Century Blues, No Coward. Uh, Unlux, brand new, Beta Rum. Uh, Dan Jones and the Squids, brand new, out of Kansas City, Missouri. Love life, love slash life. Don't want to confuse you people. Out of Chicago, Paper Mice with Research and Destroy. These guys love uh, puns in their song titles. And finally, a Validation, Metal Swing. I mean, we start off the third hour with Validation, but I, I didn't talk to you about it. It's something uh, to do with your drummer? Yeah, so my drummer was in a collaborative band um, since 2011. He still plays with them. Val Kinsler was the founder, and uh, James Adams was the guitarist, and Popa Chubby was another guest guitarist on Metal Swing. And um, I guess they recorded it at a place called Elevation Studios, and Mick also helped engineer that. Mick is also, in addition to being a fabulous drummer, he's an audio engineer. Um, yeah. Very happening. Uh, what's the next plan for Disturbed Furniture? The next plan is to go to the East Coast um, where the drummer and the guitarist live. I live here in L.A., but they live in New York, and they were just here. So now it's my turn to go to New York, and we'll do some dates, East Coasty dates around the New York area, the tri-state area, and uh, promote this CD. And actually, the, um, the vinyl is almost ready. We're doing a vinyl edition, which was the the original idea was to just do vinyl, just do analog. This recording project was totally old school to begin with. And then we had to shift and and, uh, add some digital parts to it because I had I was in New York when we recorded it but then had to go back to L.A., so we had to do some of the vocals digitally and some of the uh, guitar overdubs were digital. But it, it has, at its heart, an analog heart. <laughs> what, what about future plans? You guys want to record plans. more? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it, it's it's so it feels great to be back playing this music. I hope that we continue i don't know what the future is i'm not um a fortune teller but i'm gonna i'm i'm back writing songs i haven't been in this mode for a while um and what about yeah. if people want to find you on the internet how they do that alexa oh that's easy that's disturbedfurniture.com is our website we've got a facebook page we've got the instagram it's all disturbed but furniture. you got your own you got your own website so that's good yeah we do have our own website. And people yeah. can go to those other places if they want. Yeah, to. and you can you can um, send us an email and say you know I want to order a CD because we're still working out the distribution part. And of they can the see where project. these gigs you got coming. Yes, 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 and we'll be announcing the the East Coast uh, little tour that is going to be set up shortly. Sure, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being on the show. What about somebody brand new? You know. Uh, more younger than us. What, what, what kind of advice, if they asked you for advice, would you give? Okay. Advice, I would say work hard at it. Don't don't take it casually. If you are doing it and you're liking it, you know, focus, practice, 
play with different people, go out and see bands, get inspiration every which way you can. I think that's good advice. And uh, I wish you luck. And uh, you're inspired. Hopefully it's contagious on your bandmates. They get inspired. And, uh, you know, going into the fourth fourth decade. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I never, never thought I was going to come back to this. Um, You know, the last time I had been singing rock and roll was in a little band. I was happy to be part of out here with John Densmore and John Coyneman and a guy named Michael Blake, who was a poet and a writer. Um, It was short lived, but it was the that was the last time I had been singing rock and roll. And that was like 93. So (laughs) a little while ago. Yeah. Yeah. But um, life takes you on interesting turns and uh, I'm glad to be back in it and thank you for inviting me very welcome very welcome it's been the September 3rd 2019 Dishwap Peter Show special guest Lex Hunter people keep your powder dry